Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Welcome, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing? Is that a cat in the background? That's a cat. I got a couple cats fighting in the background, too. Bruce, I got a wicked sore throat. I've had it two days, and it's finally letting up a little bit, so I think I can make it through this. I mean, I could hardly talk. It's like that time of year, I guess. (laughs) He's already complaining about the play of the Oilers tonight. Bruce, that is, the Oilers have now had two stinkers in three games. Um, I'm going to make a little argument at the end that it's time for some change in the lineup. I don't think they're going to do it based on Tippett's, Dave, Coach Dave Tippett's post-game comments. But this team it needs some uh, an injection of skill and speed, and they have it. So, so the Oilers lost 6-2 today to the... What did they lose to, Bruce? Powerhouse Florida Panthers. Oh, yeah, Florida Panthers. The the memorable Florida Panthers. <laughs> team so memorable, I've forgotten them already. Um, they've got some talent on that team. They're not a bad team. They've got a good goalie. Oh, yeah. Their goalie made the saves. So coach. we're going to do our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast. Bruce, before I want to start, though, I want to give a shout-out to faithful Cult of Hockey listener, Curtis Pick, I think it's Pick, P-Y-C-K, at London Drugs, who sold me this, Bruce, who sold me this, oh. look at this contraption I've oh, got. Oh, very nice, very nice. So, um, should improve the sound quality from my end, and he says mm-hmm. he'll give you the same deal that I got if you go there and want to okay. set yourself up. I'll talk to you uh, off air about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how this sounds. I think yeah. it sounds, sounds good so far. Sounds good in the earbuds, for sure. Yeah. All right, what is your, what's your good thing? Well, my good thing, I'm a part of my good thing is I didn't have to watch the whole game. I was driving back from the Jasper Dark Sky Preserve, so I listened front to back on the radio and caught the end of the game. And, and then I went through and I looked at the scoring chances that you'd compiled and a few other key moments that I listened to, and I thought, I want to see what happened there. Uh, so full disclosure, I, I haven't seen every second of the action. Uh, I do think I have a taste for what that game was like. Uh, my good thing is Mike Smith in the first seven minutes of the first period. Uh, you know, Jack Michaels was t- describing who the puck was going to and so on. And I think I heard the name of every Florida skater uh, except Sergei Bobrovsky. And I heard the name of one oiler, Mike Smith, who was the only one that was involved in, uh, in um, making any plays at the time. And he was making saves. He was fighting off pucks. He was uh, struggling to keep the orders in the game. And they weren't all like 10-bell chances, but the puck was around him and there were scrambles galore that were taking place in uh, uh, around the cage. And Smith at least showed up for the beginning of the of the game and it sounded and appeared like he was about the only oiler who was ready. Yeah, he he uh, he was okay at the start of the game. There was just some. I thought they were kind of mainly grade B stuff, but there he was. He was pretty good, and um, yeah, he was ready to play. No one else was was ready to play. Oh. Nonetheless, F- Florida wasn't exactly flying either early in the game, mm-hmm. uh, or excuse me, in the first period overall, it was fairly even. But um, yeah, Smith came out and. The shots were seven nothing by the seven minute mark of the game, and some of them were pretty tricky shots. And 
Just yeah, fair puck, enough. Puck was in Edmonton's end the whole time. The orders came out in the second half of the first period, I should yeah. say, has happened. In, yeah. in the, some, I mean, uh, uh, Dry Seidel had that great breakaway mm-hmm. chance. And um, did anyone else have a breakaway chance? Kara, Jujar Kara actually had a scoring chance shot. Amazing. So the celebrations. You know, I had predicted Bruce. I'd gone w- way, way out on a limb and predicted I the... Saw that. And I was, of course, wrong. Couldn't have been more wrong. That was the only grade A scoring chance shot. I got my cats in the back. Okay. Playing with the packaging of this microphone. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it was their only grade H scoring chance shot for that bottom six. And um, wow, those guys aren't getting, they're not coming close. So my good thing is the top players on the team. I actually mm-hmm. thought that, uh, I mean, Clefbaum had 27 minutes. Nurse and Bear played a ton. McDavid, Dreisaitl. James Neal scored a goal. Um, it was funny. James Neal was taken off the top unit of the power play, and the second he gets put back out there, he 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 finds a way to score. Um, I wouldn't be looking at replacing James Neal on that top unit. Maybe Oscar Clefbaum for Ethan Bear, but not James Neal. Um, yeah, I thought the top players, uh, other than I didn't think Nugent Hopkins had a particularly good game. He was pretty quiet. But the, but, but the other guys, you know, McDavid was flying out there. He created. He was in on four grade A scoring chances. Pretty good. You know, for if, if we're comparing him to an average NHL player who might yeah. be in on one or two, that's really good. Um, so there was the, the only moment of the, of the top guys that I'm going to pick on is on the first goal. Um, and Leon Dreisaitl's back check was so weak. Like... <laughs> Louis didn't name him. Louis DeBrusque didn't name him on the broadcast. They he did, did on the radio. He did. <laughs> he, he did. Eh? They, they, he did mention, like, well, you know, there was nothing wrong in that play. It was structurally okay. Everyone was covering positionally, except that last guy coming in. No one was on him. Well, it's because Leon was kind of, sometimes Leon will do this. He will be, you know, there, there's talk of him being the Selkie trophy in the Selkie trophy running. Have you heard that, Bruce? Oh, yeah. And, like, uh, like he's got 90% a ways to go it. to be a sulky. Yeah, I'd say winner. he's got a he's little got, bit. He's of got a, some uh, detail to pay attention to. Yeah, he does a lot of do, does a lot of stuff right, and then he has these occasions where he's. I'd still say he thinks like a striker in soccer, and sometimes he back checks like a striker in soccer, and he's got to get away from that. Anyway, on that same goal, I thought McDavid's back check was pretty weak, and I'm going to make that case when reviewing the scoring chances. Oh, so yeah, maybe it the is. The guy yeah. just came right through the middle of the ice, and he just kind of let him go. But that uh, that was not a good shift for, for the boys. Yeah. What was your uh, So what was your bad thing in the game? Well, I'm going to say Mike Smith in the opening minutes of the second period when he came out and made zero saves on three shots. And he got hit. I think he got hit right in the, you know, in the in the uh, protective cup, late in the oh, first maybe. period. And he went Off down and stayed down. And Ethan Bear saved what looked like a sure goal on the rebound. And the ref, for whatever reason, when the goalie was down, I thought it was 100% cut and dried. And the goalie's down, you blow the whistle, right? Other guys, maybe the play goes on away from them. When the goalie's down, because the other team is trying to funnel pucks into the where the goalie is, it's dangerous. But hey, it's only Edmonton, so let's let play go on for two minutes while the goalie is writhing on the ice. Anyway, uh, 
but he came out in the second period and he just didn't look himself. And I thought, you know, I mean, you could say they're grade A, borderline grade A, yeah. grade B chances. But, you know, I didn't really think he looked good on any of those goals. Ekblad beat him on the short side. Uh, Boyle went right across the goal mouth. Smith was down early on his knees and he couldn't react. Couldn't, couldn't As Boyle went across, he just, all he could do was lay on the ice and leave the top of the net open. And then on the third goal, I frankly thought it was a B shot from the faceoff circle that beat him clean and then Tippett takes him out. Well, then the game is already over. So the third one was, a, I think, was a screenshot. By uh, I'll, give it, I'll give it a harder look. Yeah, I thought it was a B but, shot as well. And then I thought, then I saw, oh no, Ethan Bear, like right as he was shooting, Bear mm-hmm. quickly moves across the goalie's line of vision and then the puck's on him. The same with the. Um, they need a save on one of those shots. The first goal, I thought, Flora, I think someone might have screened that one too, the first goal. The um, the the second one was just terrible defensive play by. Uh, by three guys that did nothing. Uh, that was brutal. It, that was. That could brutal. be my bad thing. Just that one goal alone. Kara, Benning, and Manning were all out to lunch on the back check. I was watching the goal, and I, I was saying to my wife when reviewing the win, replay, I said, oh, man, Benning out to lunch, Kara out to lunch, Manning out to lunch. They all they all uh, lost battles, I said to her. And then I looked at your, your grading of the scoring chances, and you have 26 battle lost, 83 battle lost, 16 battle lost. And I said, yep. David saw the exact same play I did. Because <laughs> they were all there to battle and none of them did. They, were all, they, did, they did squat. All they three were all, of them. It's, it's brutal. Of, it's brutal. In the game grades, I wrote that, that they were all puck watching instead of puck battling. Basically, and it was yeah. painfully slow, right? Oh, the whole thing yeah. kind of, like Boyle himself is, is When Brian Boyle walks across your zone, I mean, he's among the slowest players in the game. When he can walk across your zone and have a, such a clean chance that he can hold the puck while your goalie takes himself down and out and still hold the puck and get a shot with nobody around him. Chances are your defensive players may have messed up at some point. Bruce, this segues into my bad thing, which is the whole bottom end of the roster. Did one of those guys, did any, like, none of them got a passing grade, and this includes Benning and Manning because they're in the bottom end and, and the, bo- <laughs> the bottom six forwards. And 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 Tippett was saying in the post game thing, well, you know, they're down on themselves, they're pressing, and they're you know, but they'll get it. I mean, once it gets going, they're going to get it together. Like, I I'm not so sure What's it's going to. I'm not so sure it's going to get going, Bruce. I think they need to have. So they they kind of have a skilled third line in, in Grandlin, Yurcho, and Gagne, right? Like those are three skilled players. In theory, that should be your skill line, right? Third skill line, but. I mean, I didn't mind Gagne's game, even though I thought he was really weak uh, on the one goal. Where uh, he slapped it ball. back into the zone. And, and, yeah, but uh, Bear's, Ethan Bear threw fading, it up the boards to him. Yeah. Yeah, and where's Gagne? Like, hustle back, man. But anyway, Gagne, uh, I want to see more of him before I, I comment on right. his overall player. but Because he was doing well in the AHL. But listen, they've got um, Cooper Marodi. He's not a kid. He's good to go. He can skate. And make passes and shoot and shots. Kyler Yamamoto, who's 21, um, he had a you know he was he had kind of a half year in the AHL last year, but he's been in the AHL. I'm not so 
like with defensemen, I really do believe in overripening with forwards. I'm not so sure. Like if you're good to go on the attack, if you can attack, you can be 19 and attack. You can be 20. And I see older players not back check all the time as well and screw it up. So I'm not, I'm not so hyper about forwards getting a chance at a younger age. And Yamamoto is 21. He's not 19 or 20 as he was the first two times. If he's this, this Oiler bottom six needs an infusion of talent, Bruce. And they've got to, listen, they've got to get another puck mover. When you have Manning and Benning together, the offense dries up when they're out there. You can even have them out there with McDavid and the offense drives up. They've got, to, now maybe Joel Parrison's going to get help. They'll solve this that way. It's the most likely thing to happen. But, I, you know, I watched the game the other night and last night in Bakersfield. Caleb Jones is flying out there. He'd be way better with Matt Benning, way better than Brandon Manning. So that's my take on it. I, I think this is this is getting into the part of organizational error because Caleb Jones is ready to go. Like he's had two full years, played well in the NHL on a third pairing last year. Why is Brandon Manning in there right now? So, Yeah, well, because he came in when they had two guys hurt because he was hanging around and because he didn't play badly. Uh, for a few games or the team didn't give up any goals and so they didn't see any reason to change up but they have a reason to change up after today's game because he had a real tough game today and they have a few reasons to change up at other positions too but uh, I expect we'll see Brandon Manning on the sidelines next game and probably Lagasin in the game maybe your person yeah yeah so and meanwhile you talk about the, the you know the bottom forwards I mean up front, we have, uh, if you look at goal differential, and, and we'll use imperfect plus minus because it includes, especially empty net goals, which are killers. But you have Connor McDavid plus seven, Leon Dreisaitl plus six at the top of the lineup. And then you look at the bottom of the lineup, and you've got Riley, Riley Sheehan minus eight, Dujar Kara minus seven. They're giving them all back. They're getting beat. Uh, They're giving up a half goal a game or, or you know. And a, like, how does that project over a whole season? Zero like and zero points, zero points for both guys. Yeah, and, and like it's you know it's hot. not like it's not like they're at least you know battling the other guys to to a draw because they're not. They're getting outscored. Yeah, it's you know, all, so it's it's not good. It's not good. Those that that line's been very disappointing. Yeah, they're. You know, I've been raising this since the start that I, I yep. seeing them together yep. often. I just think they're too slow together. Like one of them might work. And one of them is Sheehan. It's not Jujar. Jujar. Here's a question for you, Bruce. If they sent him down to the minors, which I think they should do based on performance, do you think another team would take him? With a two-year contract of 1.2 million? Uh, maybe someone would because I think they, there's a, um, you know, let's see a big tough guy at, you know, 25 years old that he just is. I mean, in theory, you know, experienced NHL player now that should be entering his prime. They might. Uh, at the same time, I don't think it's a slam dunk that someone would, but probably out of 30 teams, someone would see something there. I mean, I see something there, but I sure haven't been seen it this year. I have Didn't not see it much it last year, honestly, Bruce. So if someone did take him and he is, like you say, he's earning a million too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Like, am I ready to give up on the player? Mm. That's a good question. I, I, what I think they should do, what I would prefer they do actually, is put him in the press box for three or four games and play somebody else and then give him another chance, one more chance, and see what happens then. Um, I think that would be the, 
the sound or move. And then right. if he doesn't do it then, then send him to Bakersfield. You take your chances then. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Kyler Yamamoto, uh, not to harp on it, but I am. Um, he looks outstanding in the HL right now. He's fast. can make plays. Um, you know, Nigar will be back. That's going to help. Uh, Haas can skate it at the NHL level. I just want to see more effort, skill, everything like from that, you know, Cooper Marodi can make plays. I'd love to see a, a this is me, of course, I've, I'm always pushing for that kid line, right, of, of skilled players, but um, it can work. And um, so they have these players and your show's not getting it done. You know, Granlin's not getting it done. Why not try it? You don't, you can't tell me if you brought up a line of Marodi and Yamamoto and and I don't know. I don't think I don't think Tyler Benson's. He's not off to a great start this year. But uh, one other guy um, that, that you know, Patrick Russell, put him on that line. See how it does. I think that'd be exciting. And I think it would. I think that line for two or three games would would really give them something. And and maybe one of them would stick. Well, yeah. I guess. I mean, they're eight, three, and one, so they're probably reluctant to to rush anybody, but. Uh, based on what we saw this week, uh, the, the early the early roll is over, and now it's game by game. They were very fortunate to, to pick up uh, two points out of three games yeah. this week. Very fortunate, because in each game they gave up three goals in rapid succession. Uh, in each game they lost an entire period by three goals to zero, so you're lucky you didn't lose all three games. Exactly. It's and two out of three stinker games. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's a real signal. When you have a stinker game, if it's just you like shouldn't one, shouldn't have another one anytime soon. Yeah, you, that's right. It should be another two weeks, right? And and so that speaks to me of a lack of talent. It's not just right. that the team's flat. It's just they don't they have people who can't execute. So bring in somebody who can, because they have Caleb Jones and they have Yamamoto. These kids they can execute. They they do it and and they and they will do it when they come in. I believe. Well, Holland's uh, philosophy, I think, is that when those guys come back up, he doesn't want to have to ever send them back down, so he wants to be sure. No, you can agree or disagree with that, but I think that's his approach. Sure, just call up one then. Call up Marodi or Yamamoto. Um, if you're worried about Yamamoto's sensitivities, call up Marodi. He's a really good player too. And um, see what happens. Yeah. And play Lagasin. Or or Pearson. My my number. Have we done our numbers yet? My number nope. is uh, Manning's. Uh, four in ten minutes of ice time. Even ten minutes of ice time, Bruce. He made four major mistakes on grade A scoring chances against. Yeah, that's that's a. You and I know <laughs> what that means. Like so, for for fans who don't understand, like well, if he scored a hat trick, we might forgive it, right? <laughs> that's exactly right. For a really good NHL defenseman is going to make at least one on average. He's going to probably make yeah. one oh, major sure. they got beat. on they a great chances against. It happens. They're in they're in a tough position. They're asked to do a lot, and they're they're against the best players in the world. One, then they might make two. But if you're like in a bottom pairing playing those kinds of minutes, and you make four in ten minutes, I gave him a two, and. Um, it, you know, if he, if there had been another goal on one of those chances against, it probably would have been a one. So not a, not a great uh, not a great game. What's your number? Oh boy, so many to choose from. But I'm going to go with five. 
which is the number of times this week uh, that the Oilers gave up a goal within 90 seconds of having given up a previous goal. Five times this week, right? Two games in a row, they, they uh, gave up the first goal uh, in Minnesota, the second goal 75 seconds later. Against Washington, first goal, they gave up the second goal 47 seconds later. Today, they gave up the, the first goal. They gave up the second goal uh, after uh, a minute 27 seconds, so 87 seconds later, and followed that up with a third goal, just 38 seconds after the second one. And then just to icing on the cake in the last minute after the empty net goal, they gave up yet another goal just about a minute after the empty netter. And on top of that, two goals within the beginning of period. So so not responding, not being ready, uh, and, and just not reacting positively to uh, adversity, which early in the season, they were doing a great job of getting goals back when they gave them up. Now they're piling up, not just one at a time, but two and even three goals against in rapid succession. And that is a recipe for disaster, as we well know. We've seen it too many times for too many years, David. And you can't count on like 0.925 goaltending all year, can you? I mean, it's just uh, not, no. not going to come. I mean, Koskinen really has looked bloody good this year. The wraparound goal you know, he led in the odd one. That wraparound goal was bad. It was um, a slick play by, by Dodonov, but yeah. He, he very got, fast, but it's, yeah. it's, it's a, you know, the goal he's got. He didn't get his paddle down fast enough. And, yeah. Anyway. anyway, yeah. So what, I was, I've been kind of rambling about changes that I might uh-huh. make. Here, okay, here's, here's, I'll, I'll try to, I'll, I'll try to simplify it and see if you agree with me or not. Okay, so you have Lagasin in town, right? He's been in town mm-hmm. a long time. Doesn't play the game. It, so the the simplest thing to do is if Pearson isn't healthy, put in Logason for Manning. Just oh. do it. That, yep. Next game, I'd be doing that's that for right. sure. 100%. So the second simplest thing to do is if Pearson's healthy, put him back in um, for um, Manning. Put him with Clefbaum and put uh, Russell again with Benning. Uh, the forward lines, Gaetan Haas, I think is the only forward who's healthy, who's in town, um, mm-hmm. who didn't play. Yep. So... It's. I would take out Jujar Kara, mm-hmm. and move Granlin to the wing, and put in Haas. Okay. Apparitions, and I would. Uh, <laughs> so Haas, Haas, and, and Harris, Those are the simple things, and I would really seriously think, and I think they are seriously thinking this. Kurt Levins, he's 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 our the cult of hockey's insider. He was kind of telegraphing it today. I thought a little bit. That Yamo may be recalled really soon. I think uh, I'm just guessing if Kurt's heard something, and I, I suspect we're going to see Yamamoto up, and uh, I would put him in. So you take out Kara and then you could also take out Yurcho and put in uh, Yamamoto, and you're good to go. Yeah. Well, all I can tell you is that today, Florida. I think th- these guys can all be called bottom six forwards. Brian Boyle, goal. Uh, Nola Cherry, goal. Jace Horlack goal. So three goals from the bottom six in one game, whereas the Oilers have basically the one from uh, the injured Joachim Nygaard so long ago that most people have forgotten that they even got one. And that's it for the entire (laughs) season, 12 games. I mean, that was 10 games ago. 10 games in a row the bottom six has done nothing. 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 No goals. No points. Just nothing nothing all right 
When do they play next, Bruce? Tuesday? Tuesday, Wednesday, Detroit and Columbus. Uh, back-to-back nights on the road. And so they will be, uh, assuming that Mike Smith is, is not physically damaged in any way, they'll be splitting the goaltending um, uh, in those two games. It's their first back-to-back of the year, so it would be a bad time for a goalie issue, especially with Shane Sterrett being injured in the minors. So, so they'll probably go with Koskinen and then Smith. I would imagine. I honestly don't know why they went with Smith today. Uh, Tippett said he was setting up the week, but you could set up the week the same way by using the goalie that's won five in a row. Just saying. I just didn't get that. <laughs> Is this the first time they've strayed from their... Yes. Yeah, and I just, I mean, Koskinen hasn't lost, you know, he hasn't even lost a point. So why wouldn't you... I mean, he, he's second in this rotation... Fine, if the rotation you think is working, keep the rotation, but you don't stray from the rotation to give it to go back to the guy that's lost his last two games. Like, I don't really get that one, but whatever. Yeah, and the and like in most losses, Bruce, the Oilers um, had second best goaltending tonight. Bobrovsky made a number of really good saves, including on some breakaways. Bobrovsky. They pay enough for the guy. You you, you better yeah. make some saves for them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Pavlovsky. He was my he's he's uh, he may be my greatest prediction ever. We had a, we had a guest at the Red Wine. I don't know the what was it called? It the Diet Coke Summit that we had that you and I were at with a few other people. Yeah, predict your free agent, and I was I was thrown in my court, and I just said. Bobrovsky, Florida, seven years, 10 million. Just boom. And they're 100% <laughs> correct. Like that never happens to me, at least, but it happened that time. So I want a free Diet Coke, I think. All right. <laughs> okay, Bruce. Hey, how was your weekend in Jasper? You, you... Uh, it, was, it was, well, Jasper is so gorgeous. Uh, and we got to stay in Jasper Park Lodge. It's the cheriest gig, volunteer gig that I'm personally involved in. Expense paid weekend at Jasper Park Lodge. So just volunteering time, you know. Um, but the weather, the, the skies were very, very iffy all weekend. So we didn't really get to do what we set out to do, which was share the night sky with the... Uh, uh, our adoring public under dark skies. We just mostly were shooting through holes in the clouds and not seeing the sky in its full glory, that's for sure. But that's always a risk, you know. I mean, we're at the mercy of the weather always. So, what was there? Is there a time of year where the sky tends to be clearer than at other times or not? Uh, yeah, well, usually the fall is pretty good. Uh, November start when it starts to go to pot. This year, the just to follow the calendar, the Jasper Dark Sky Festival was very late in October, but uh, I'm not sure that it would have been, you know, just weather-wise. It's been a tough year period. It's been cloudy a lot this year. So Yeah. Alrighty. Cloudy. Let's leave it there, Bruce. Thanks for talking tonight. Thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.